want to welcome you to day two of week two of our look through First Kings. We're still in chapter eight of First Kings today as we're talking about dedication. Yesterday, we talked about the fact that dedication includes declaration. You tell someone else, sacrifice, you give something that is precious or useful to you to God. That's part of what it means to be dedicated. That's what we learn from Solomon's dedication of the temple in this eighth chapter. Today, we learn a third and fourth thing about what it means to be dedicated. The third thing we learn is dedication involves praise. You praise him for his faithfulness. There is a certain aspect of praise that increases, that strengthens your dedication to the Lord. And it's not just thanking God for his blessings, although that's important, or for his good gifts, or for helping you through that circumstance, that situation. Those are all important. But there is this aspect of praise that you see in verse 15 and also verse 56 of chapter 8 that are crucial to dedication. In verse 15, Solomon says, Praise be to the Lord, the God of Israel, who with his own hand has fulfilled what he promised with his own mouth to my father David. And then down in verse 56, Praise be to the Lord, who has given rest to his people Israel just as he promised. Not one word has failed of all the good promises that he gave through his servant Moses. As Solomon praises God, he says he is a God who keeps his promises. He is a God, not one word has failed of what he said. The specific praise that grows out of our dedication and grows into greater dedication is the praise of thanking God for his faithfulness, thanking God that he is trustworthy, thanking God that he keeps his promises. It's a praise that recognizes that all that you have comes as a result of God keeping his promises in your life, of his faithfulness in your life. It's the kind of praise that recognizes you can be dedicated to God because God is dedicated to you. That's his faithfulness. God is dedicated to you. He is dedicated to your joy, to your peace, to your growth. God himself has dedicated himself to your personal fulfillment, you becoming all that he wants you to be in Christ. How dedicated is he? Look at the cross. Look at the cross. Romans 8 says, He who did not spare his own son, how will he not also with him freely give us all things? So when you think of dedication, when you think of giving to God, part of the motivation, the strength of dedication in my life, in your life, is recognizing God's faithfulness to you. You will not find a circumstance in your life where he will not be faithful. He'll be faithful to you through the circumstance that you're going through right now, what you're facing right now. That's part of being dedicated. And then we learn a fourth lesson in this day of dedication, this great, great day of dedication. In order to be dedicated, you need to trust God. Trust God with your everyday needs. And it's really the lesson of humility. You trust God day by day, every day. I want you to listen with me to this prayer of Solomon that comes in the middle of this day of dedication. It is one of the most amazing prayers of dedication in the entire Bible. And you need to hear it and take it in and soak it in. So listen to what he prayed that day because it teaches you humility. It teaches you and I how to trust God with our everyday needs. Listen to what Solomon prayed. Verse 22, this prayer starts. Then Solomon stood before the altar of the Lord in front of the whole assembly of Israel, spread out his hands towards heaven and said, O Lord, God of Israel, there is no God like you in heaven above or on earth below. You who keep your covenant of love with your servants who continue wholeheartedly in your way. You have kept your promise to your servant David, my father. With your mouth you have promised, and with your hand you have fulfilled it as it is today. Now, Lord, God of Israel, keep for your servant David, my father, the promises that you made to him when you said, you shall never fail to have a man to sit before me on the throne of Israel. If only your sons, 
are careful in all they do to walk before me as you have done. And now, O God of Israel, let your word that you've promised your servant David, my father, come true. But will God really dwell on this earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less this temple I have built. Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. O Lord, my God, hear the cry and the prayer of your servant that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be open towards this temple night and day, the place of which you have said, my name shall be there. Hear the prayer your servant prays towards this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray towards this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place. And when you hear, forgive. When a man wrongs his neighbor and is required to take an oath and he comes and swears the oath before your altar in this temple, then hear from heaven and act. Judge between your servants, condemning the guilty and bringing down on his own head what he has done. Declare the innocent not guilty and so establish his innocence. When your people Israel have been defeated by an enemy because they've sinned against you and when they turn back to you and they confess your name, praying and making supplication to you in this temple, then hear from heaven and forgive the sin of your people Israel and bring them back to the land you gave to their fathers." This is a very long prayer. I'm not going to read every verse in it, but let me just skip down and tell you in verse 35, he says, when the heavens are shut up and there is no rain, then hear from heaven and answer the need. Verse 37, when famine or plague comes to the land, then hear from heaven and answer that need. 41, as for the foreigner, when he comes and prays toward this temple, then hear from heaven and answer that need. Verse 44, when your people go to war against their enemies, hear from heaven and answer that need. And verse 46, when they sin against you and you give them over to the enemy who takes them captive, then hear from heaven and answer that need. And then down in verse 52, may your eyes be open to your servant's plea and the plea of your people Israel. May you listen to them whenever they cry out for you, for you single them out from all the nations of the world to be your own inheritance, just as you declared through your servant Moses when you, O sovereign Lord, brought our fathers out of Egypt. I have to tell you, I enjoy this prayer, Solomon's prayer with all the tremendously significant and high-sounding things that he could have prayed at this moment, he chose instead to focus on a very practical kind of prayer. He talked to God about what would be happening in the temple, and he said, God, when this happens, hear from heaven. He says it again and again and again and again. Hear from heaven and meet people's needs. Lord, let this temple meet the needs of your servants as they pray, of someone who's been wronged by a neighbor, of your people when they are in defeat, of the country when there is no rain, of us when we are besieged by enemies or plagues or when we have sinned or of the foreigner who comes to pray or of the people who are at war or the people when they're held captive. Hear from heaven. Solomon dedicated the temple that day to the needs of the disappointed and the defeated, those besieged by sin and loneliness, those involved in the battles and the struggles of life. One of the reasons I really like Solomon's prayer is when we say dedication, too many times we get sort of super spiritual with it. We make dedication the most impractical of things. We pray in ways, we talk in ways that could never be lived because they don't even touch life. Dedication seems to be made up of myths and fables and pipe dreams rather than the reality of how God touches our lives. But Solomon prays about the reality of how God's going to touch people's lives. If you're striving to become more dedicated to the Lord, it doesn't take you long to discover that there's a whole Christian subculture in which dedication is made up of spiritual-sounding words and big-name conferences and fancy-looking materials. You cannot practice dedication in a conference or with mere words or on the pages of a notebook. Dedication is built out of trusting God with the practical needs of your everyday life. 
Now, you might be able to learn about it at a conference. You might be inspired towards it with a notebook. I don't want to fault that at all. But don't ever fall into the trap of believing that the conference is where the real dedication is experienced. You have the emotion of dedication in the conference, yes, but the action of dedication happens in real life. It's experienced in your family, at your work, within your own attitudes of life. As they enjoy together this day of dedication of the temple, this day of dedicating their lives, I want you to listen to me with what happens in verses 10 to 11. When the priest withdrew from the holy place, the cloud filled the temple of the Lord. And the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the temple. The result of dedication is God's glory. God's glory filling, in this case, the temple. But now, you know, if you've read the New Testament, that God's temple is individual believers. God's temple is those individual believers gathered together as his church serving God in this world. God's glory fills our lives together as we dedicate our lives to him. That's how God's glory fills our lives. So you want to become more dedicated? You do these four things we've talked about the last couple of days. You tell someone you want to be dedicated. You give something because you trust God. You praise God for his faithfulness, and you trust God with those everyday needs. Let's trust him right now. Just in prayer, would you say, God, I trust you. I trust you with the needs of my life. I trust you with those things I'm worried about right now. I trust you to... Show me what to do to give me the wisdom. I trust you to be with me through the struggles and the problems, to never fail me. And I trust you, God, to see me through, to rescue me out of this. Whether it's a few months or a few years or even in eternity, I know that you are my rescuer. And so I trust you. God, help me to learn to live a life of dedication. I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to talk about Solomon's surprise ending. <laughs>